Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Tithe at the Moorstone by Nigel Turner The boat was fastened, and I clambered up the broken steps. Their silence met me like a friend. No sounds were to be heard, but measured lapping of water against the stone-lined banks, and the occasional cheep of a screech-bat. I gained the terrace. Nowhere was a light visible. The grange seemed filled with silence and darkness. Slowly I wended up the long alley. The beldam, that witch-hag, weighed heavily upon my spirits, and a loathsome fear possessed me. In daytime I had brooded over her address and hell-got leer, yet sunshine and fellowship of men and ripened wine had beclogged my apprehensions. Now, walking betwixt the high-dense hedges of box where no sound was, for the thick turf as velvet sunk my footsteps, I was once more affrighted. Twice had she crossed me, and two times had evil fortune befallen, the galleon captured, my brother slain. Egad, man, what of old wives prattle? quoth I to myself. Their gizzards are stuffed with ancient tales. Tush! A fig for the hag's rubbish! Did not Bab May last St. Agnes Eve tell her beads to my name? And that evenly, too. Nay, nay, her malignity cannot wanton on me. But ever and anon as I paced up the silent, fragrant alley, her words fell back again, and unwittingly I shuddered. God wot courage was a constant companion, yet a fright grew and overwrought me. My bilbo fastened in a blown branch, and I stooped to release it, a torturing scream broke shrilly upon my ears, an oath, a scuffle, then silence. In God's name, what's ado? I muttered, and sped up to the terrace door. It was bolted. This threw me all aback, for never before had it been so encountered. Now I heard the west gates thrown open, creaking villainously upon their hinges, a clatter of horses' hoofs, then no noise. I ran swiftly round the terrace, leapt the small stream, and hastening up the steep, stood upon the margin of the moor. But darkness of night and softness of verdure had swallowed up both sight and sound. I turned into the courtyard 
and hurried to the wicket gate by the ancient buttery. It swung over to my touch, so speeding through the smaller hall I gained the great staircase. At the first turn I tripped over a sprawling body. In a trice I was on it and at the throat. It was a woman. With nervous hands I struck a light and beheld the countenance of her handmaid. Mistress Marion, cried I thickly, what has happened? But she had been stunned by a heavy blow, which yet left a thick red welt upon her forehead. So in haste to ascertain the safety of my beloved, I caught up the maid and rushed down the long corridor. The door of Viola's room stood ajar. I broke in clamouring her name, but there came no response. The chamber was empty. I flung down the woman, and with trembling hands lit the flambeau by the tall mirror. As the light filled the room, I noticed full disorder on every side. Viola must have retired to rest, for her garments with many dainty frills and ravishments of white lay flung aside while the bedclothes were betossed. Hastily I threw water over the damsel's face and violently shook her. Mistress Marion, I shouted loudly in her ear, where is my lady? She opened her eyes, her lips moved, but I heard no sound. Bending down I caught the low moan, my lord, the tithe at the moorstone, Sir Jasper, and the goodly maid fell a-faint again. This is the devil's ploy, thought I. Suddenly the heart sank within me. Now I knew of a certain that an evil eye had been cast upon us. My feet seemed rooted to the oaken floor. Action was wanting in all my members. I stood as a stucco doll. Me seemed an age past, and no sounds heard, but the sough of the wind through the blighted pines, and the dismal hoot of a ranging owl. It was strange. Fragrance of jessamine still lingered in the room, as it was at even when last we sat in love's sweet bower. This perturbed my senses with dear recollections, and as a lout, struck dumb with fears indefinite, with bitter grief tearing at my heart-strings, heedlessly I loitered. Then recurred that bodeful wording, Seek her by the moorstone when no time is, and cursing my tardiness I hastened from the chamber. As I fled along the dark, re-echoing corridors, a mighty blast of wind drave into the house, swirling and screeching through the many passages. Then fell a great silence all around, and my heart pat exceedingly within me, for I on this night did evil fortune befall. From one a babe would be reft, ne'er to be seen again. From another a fair virgin would be ravished, to be discovered next morn lying afield, babbling and disfigured. Oft-times a wedded wench would be lifted from beside her slumbering bridegroom, and next morn at the waking hour a dead corpse chilled his living blood. 
all this crushed into my head as unwitting of the way i traversed the outer hall its porch stood open and i marvelled thereat neither in my life nor in my father's had this been for time had so rusted and encrusted the iron brattest halls of the great door that nigh a scoresome of strong men could scarce accomplish the opening thereof but now it gaped to the thickening darkness i gained the heath all was still behind me lay the grange buried in the gathering night beyond the moorstone i plunged impetuously forward scudding up the rising grounds like a leveret before pursuit now arose all my grandam had told this was the eve of witchery's highest revelry the thirtieth of april a great offering was brought this night to the moorstone around hearthstones at eventide it was whispered the evil one himself came and feasted but no mortal had ever seen and told had not my father been found two score years ago on the first of may lying in deathly stupor nigh to the moorstone his body naked and livid with impress of great taloned fingers all over and never again had his voice greeted the ear my eager feet sank in a bog and tardily i set them down again lest i be pitted and drawn in by the quickening morass there was no noise but the swishle of reeds against my body as i bent on now and again a moorhen or water-rat was startled and i heard it scuttle from me ever and anon elusive lights shimmered out in the distance to tell of mortals lured to destruction by malicious goblins and i gathered in my mind how that travellers crossing between murk and morning had been lost luckless whites snared into depthless morasses i broke out into a speedier pace and prayed the saints for a stout heart haply stumbling into a narrow westerly track i gained courage with firm ground beneath me my god i groaned to think of my love in their hellish tricks the blood thickened at that very thought as i sped up to the waste land my brain pieced together the case the heart was with my mistress yestereven as she lay in my arms a cold shiver chilled her gentle frame and breath failed for the space of a lamb's bleat as life pulsed back she clung her tender soft body to mine anew the quickening beat of her heart was felt and sweet caresses calmed the terrified spirit she wist not the cause but subtle love caught upon the reason an evil eye had rested upon her and thralled ay and by sir jasper had it been cast may god smother him in his own slime i muttered thickly and sped the faster onwards at last the dreary highlands were reached no knowledge had i whereby to gain the centre where lay the moorstone within the circle of stone pillars 
gathered by heathenish hands. I was all uncertain of it. Neither moon nor stars broke the sullen darkness. No stir was in the air. All in a clap, out of the blackness to my right, came a shrill cry of, Help! Help! Then the silence was broken by shrieks of a tortured being born far into the night. They beat upon my ear, full of a dread terror, and I stood rooted to the spot. Suddenly the air rang with a faint echo of, Geoffrey! Geoffrey! The vague sound died away, and I heard naught but the pit-pat of my bosom. Now a harsh, hurtling noise passed overhead, an echo of discordant laughter and gibberish talk. Even now were the devilish gang are loose. Already some luckless white had they fastened upon, and done to death. For this hellish brood was my mistress to be sacrificed. A mighty wrath flared up within me, and I pressed on fiercely. Hell's dawn broke red behind a ridge. Some small deer drove rapidly past me. My limbs slackened as timorously I clambered up, muttering a paternoster the top was reached. The sight therefrom terrified me. By reason of fear my body shook. Before the druid circle, wherein lay the stone, sat a horrid being of evil growth, possessing the voice of man. Around him red columns of fire belched forth, beclouding the air with hell's vapours. Far back, until enveloped with the mists of night, grinned myriads of babbering skulls, ancient witches and wizards, again to renew the past. On a sudden the earth trembled, and I fell quaking upon the sods. Methinks I had lain there in stupor a goodly time, as, when breath crept back, the space before me was covered with crawling, flickering flames, and numberless voices filled the air with hoarse revelry. My heart gave a great bound, but the blood clotted within its runs, for bound to the moorstone lay Viola. I sank on the turf, riven with unutterable agony. No prayer issued from trembling lips. Indeed, my head was blank. Then thoughts slowly shaped themselves. Tradition hath it that every Valpurgis Eve the evil one demands the pure soul of maidenhood, thereafter to woo it to destruction. So Sir Jasper, maddened at my felicity, had outrun all humanity of God and man. His base malignity roused my beclotted blood, and I cursed him. Nay, I could but die beside her, and bulk his devilish intent, and I started up. But I was borne upon the grass by an overmastering hand, that, stiffening all flesh, turned my body into stone. I lay prostrate, speechless, and mightily afraid. Verily man is but a beast of the fields, when the spirits of evil and of darkness do stalk abroad. A voice sounded from among the crawling flames, as it receded from the circling witchery and drew nigh unto the evil one, it died away into a long-drawn sob. 
the person of a male appeared amongst the many, wavering fires. With bowed head and low crouching body he adored. Then with indistinct voice he proffered the offering. Great clouds of smoke gathered above as a roof. All sound died away into a deadened silence. And human utterance issued from the pillar of fire. That, slowly filling the circle, enwrapped the evil growth. It is good, it said, and the soul of the maid is without stain. Yet there upspake a voice in reverent accents. Almighty Master, we cast a spell upon her, for she cried on her lover to save. So the bane was recalled, yet the recumbent figure lay motionless. Forthwith, there arose a mighty clamouring of many tongues crying, A mortal is with us. us. The harsh, unhallowed outcry filled the air, and curling flames shooting out their long tongues sprang upon me from the surface of the earth. My breath hardened, my pulse throbbed not, me seemed I was and was not. Scant knowledge had I that hell's crowd surged upon me, and surged back again, baffled. Again they thronged around, endeavouring to devour me, but I was unharmed. Hideous forms filled the air, griffins with hurtling wings and monstrous faces swarmed above, darkening the dim light. Huge embodiments of winged snakes swelled up, and spitting at me, raged impotently with hellish spleen. Suddenly, like a base chimera, the unholy crew went. Not before me but the lurid round of flame and the motionless body of my love. Yet on all sides great-bodied creatures, mingling with gigantic, wavering shadows, noiselessly massed themselves in the heavens above, and upon the face of the sleeping lands. Afar and surrounding, the forces of hell were arranging. My heart went from me, I lay heaped upon the ground. Now the blast of a mighty hurricane wind was to be heard, then speeding nearer and nearer. Many things tossed by me, yea, the evil one would snatch at me as that thistle-down borne on the gusty breeze. A speck of gold flashed in the red-gloomed air, another, and another. Then a multitude of small birds with golden plumage and whitened breasts broke over the body of my love, settling thereon, until she was a mass of wavering gold. The wind caught me, the grim countenance of night blanched before the oncoming morn. Grey dawn peered upon the mist-swathed hills. I awoke. Starting to my feet, I gazed with surprise at my strange bedquarters. T'was deuced odd to fall asleep upon the moor. Suddenly, the wild fantasy of midnight clappered upon my brain, and I shivered at mere thought of it. A scurrying breeze tore asunder the seething rack in a hollow at my feet. Between the parting shreds was revealed a body upon the moorstone. I attained the spot with frantic speed, 
Catching hold of the massive slabs, I drew up my cramped figure. Before my eyes lay Viola, and, upon her swarthy tresses, floated one small golden plume. Through the monstrous enactment of evil, God had preserved her in the hollow of his hand. Walpurgis Eve, 1896 End of The Tithe at the Moorstone by Nigel Turner Create a peaceful home with SaulGoodSounds.com Just $10 a month offers a sanctuary of ad-free sounds ideal for family relaxation and children's bedtime. Reclaim tranquility. Visit SaulGoodSounds.com to start your journey to a calmer household. Enrich your mind with sounds of knowledge from SaulGoodBooks.com Unlock access to a vast library of ad-free audiobooks for only $10 a month. Listen, learn, and grow at soulgoodbooks.com.